Welcome to the Black and White. I'm Abigail. I'm Alex. And let's talk Captain Field. So last week we discussed the guy who didn't like musicals and a few of its events, but this week we'll be talking about its main character, Paul Matthews. We'll be discussing the theory about Paul surviving and the guy who didn't like musicals, why he wasn't affected by Wiggly and Black Friday, and how him being a clone works in Forever and Always. So that should give you an immediate spoiler warning for the Nightmare Time episodes and the two musicals. So the first thing we're going to be talking about is Paul's basic character. So one of the things we want to talk about is the fact that Paul might have depression. Yeah, in The Guy Who Didn't Write Musicals, he says the line and let it out, I've never been happy, wouldn't that be nice? which could be saying that he is depressed, but there are just other things that kind of clue us into that as well. We see Paul not really care um, if he survives as long as his friends do. We see him putting himself um, putting himself in danger to go help Bill and not really caring if he makes it out. He just wants to help his friend get his daughter back. And we also see him... Um, put himself in danger for Emma, who, a person who he barely knows. Yeah, he is also very exact about certain things that he likes, and he seems to be very much into control based on him at the very start of the guy who did my musicals saying, Bill, you want to print from the HP inkjet, not the HP laser jet, and his coffee order, which is like a very plain coffee order. Black coffee, no cream, no sugar. We also think that the reason he is in control, wants to be in, in control, is why he hates musicals so much. Because when he's watching a musical, he's seeing everything happen live in front of him, but he has no control over what happens. And like he says in The Guy Who Didn't Like Musicals, he feels trapped in the musical. It could also be something to do with the fact that musicals tend to not make logical sense. In the musical, everybody just bursts out into song and it's seen during la da da day and what do you want paul that people just breaking out into spontaneous song doesn't appeal to him and it makes him really uncomfortable so despite the fact that paul is a main character in one of the musicals and one of the nightmare time episodes we don't hear an awful lot about his upbringing other than the high school he went to and where he grew up we know that the high school he went to was kind of seen as like a school that was bullied a lot and everyone was kind of like nerdy and they didn't have a lot of like things that other schools did. Just like they didn't have a theater department. So they went over to, I think it's Hatchetfield High um, to watch uh, Brigadoon there. Yeah. And it's also a point that no one seems to really want to go to um, Sycamore based on the fact that they hate the Timberwolves. And Haddonfield High is definitely the place that you want to go. But Paul was stuck going to Sycamore but did not seem to care. And it seems like with Paul going to Sycamore, maybe something happened there that made him want to have control over things. Like he didn't get to control what high school he went to, so... And that ended up affecting different things in his life. And maybe that's how he likes to be in control of different things. Yeah, it was very key that that was the start of his whole 
I hate musicals thing that he um, saw Brigadoon and hated it. Maybe in future How to Feel Things, we'll learn more about Paul's parents. Yes, because he seems to have a very adult way of thinking, which is kind of a weird way to put it, but his brain, even as an adult, isn't got the childlike essence that most people still have at that age. He doesn't laugh about that stuff anymore. The only time you see him ever have like a paternal role is when he is talking to Tim and he kind of seems to freak him out a bit. And talk to Tim a little bit. Like he's trying to talk to Tim like Tim is a kid, but some of the things he says is like he's talking to an adult. Yeah, he also clearly doesn't have very good um, social skills based on his exchange with Tim and saying stuff like, the bumper cars without thinking maybe he won't enjoy um, getting hit by cars based on how his mum died just last year. So next we're going to talk about the Paul survives theory in The Guy Who Didn't Like Musicals. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this have heard this theory, but the theory that Paul at the end of The Guy Who Didn't Like Musicals is actually not part of the hive and is, as he says, singing to survive. Now, because of the lyric of inevitable, this theory is hard to not believe because he says things like, I'm still the man you trust and you have to sing to survive. um, And what if the only choice is you have to sing to survive? And now this theory has sort of been debunked by people saying that he wasn't present for some of the songs that they sung reprises to. But I think that Paul is actually a psychic, not as powerful as Hannah, but is a psychic. And that's how he knew the lyrics to the different songs and knew the dances and was able to sing so good because he had a connection to the black and white and that he was trying to warn Emma, like, pretend like you're infected, like, um, and I'm still the person you trust, like, pretend like you're infected. And she doesn't get the message and becomes infected. And to push this theory a little bit further of Paul being a psychic and that the reason and that being the reason he survived, I think in The Witch and the Web, the tree person that John plays is actually Paul. He also um also uh Hannah didn't say what his name was, like she does for some of the other tree people. So I think because that would have been too much of a giveaway if she did. But I think that that tree person is Paul. Yeah. And also something that really stuck out to me at the end of that was the chosen name that Peep gave Paul of Ben Bridges. And because as soon as I heard that his name was Ben Bridges, I immediately thought of Mariah's line in the opening song. This is the bridge, Paul, where we globalize everything. And so I think the fact that his name was Ben Bridges shows that for Pokey and for the apotheosis, he was kind of the bridge to get to the rest of humanity and to infect the rest of humanity. Because saying that he was Ben Bridges would kind of show that he kind of helped them infect the entire rest of the world. And... Um, I think that that works whether he actually was infected or not, because either way, since we see that you can be infected slowly from a couple of the different characters, 
I think that the hive knew that he wasn't fully infected if he actually was infected and used him as a bridge. And that would work either way because if they think he's infected and he has to pretend like he is, he would still have to have that bridge to let the hive infect the rest of the world. Moving on to the second Hazard Field musical, why is Paul exempt from Wickley's control in Black Friday? I think that this is similar to the theory about him surviving, because if it's true that he survives because he's a psychic, then maybe that's why he wasn't affected by Wiggly, because he's connected to the black and white. But that leaves the question, why wasn't Emma infected? Yeah, I think this has something to do with the psychics in general, and I'm actually going to tie in Ethan Green to this. Because I think that Ethan was definitely able to be affected by Wiggly as he was just a normal person. But I think that the fact that he was so close to Lex and Hannah was protecting him from Wiggly because of their psychic energy. And if it works that Paul is also a psychic, then that would work for why Emma's not infected because Emma would have been around Paul protecting Emma. Yeah. And the reason why I personally think that Ethan was protected is because as soon as he tells Hannah to go, he dies and he gets under Wiggly's control. So the entire time he was probably very much able to be affected by Wiggly, but because he was so close to two psychics, Wiggly couldn't get to him until he died and was away from them. This also stands up against when Tom breaks away because Lex is stood right there next to him. I think Wiggly starts to realize that these different psychics are the reason that he's not going to win, so he has to kill them. And I think that that's why even when Linda Monroe realizes that um, Hannah does not have the doll, she still wants to kill Hannah because she's getting orders from Wiggly to kill Hannah and Lex. The next thing that uh, we see Paul in is Forever and Always. Yeah, in Forever and Always, he's getting married to Emma Perkins, finally. They seem to have a relationship in everything we see them in, and so this is their wedding. However, it is revealed at the end of Forever and Always that Paul is, in fact, a clone. We learn from one of the lines Paul says that CCRP has been mass-producing Paul clones for a few years. Yeah, I think he says something like they take his... Um, genetic material off of a coffee cup and must produce him in the basement so we kind of need to work out the timing for this to see how many different universes Paul's been cloned in. He also says that he became the Paul clone three months into Emma and Paul's relationship so we know that uh, in The Guy Who Didn't Like Musicals and Black Friday Paul is not a clone. But you could make the argument that Paul's clones could be currently rioting during Black Friday. If he that is true. Then. So in Time Busted, we learn that Forever and Always, which happens at the same time, is going on in 2019. And so to make it work, Paul's would have had to have begun producing about five years ago. So with that logic, Paul would have probably started working there around 10 years after Ted had become the Time Bastard.
So this episode was centered around Paul Matthews, the complexities of his character. If you have any ideas for theories or want to be part of one of our episodes saying one of your theories, you can email us at blackandwhite-pod at outlook.com. Mm-hmm. But for now, thank you for coming to the Black and White, the Lords in Black, thank you, and try not to nuke Russia on your way out.